Good morning, everyone. I'm going to be doing the scripture reading. It is Romans 10, 9 through 15. I'm going to be using the NIV version. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him well, he will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can we call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Thank you, Dan. Let's stay in an attitude of prayer. Lord, we proclaim your name, Lord. We thank you that your kingdom is one of belief. And we thank you that you call even the feet of those that bring your good news. You call the feet beautiful. So, Lord, we praise your name. We thank you so much. God, you are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all of the saints shouted, Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about salvation, and we're going to talk about what that is and how that works. It's pretty clear from this passage. And then we're going to talk about going and sharing the good news. And uh, we have been in the book of Romans for now 10 weeks. We're here in chapter 10. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Joe Kirkendall. I'm the pastor here. It's my wife here in red hair. We've lived in Manitou for 10 years. We have four little boys. We launched, if you're new, we launched this church, I, I guess technically just eight months ago. We've been meeting weekly. And for the last 10 weeks, we have been in the book of Romans. And so if you would just bear with me, we're going to go through a quick review. And I, it's kind of a quiz because I'm going to kind of start a verse for you. And then hopefully you could kind of finish it. Um, so Romans 1, one of the key verses there that we talked about, Paul says that he is not ashamed of the Whoa, did you see that? You guys are good. All right. Good job. Uh, the, the next week, Romans 2, we were outside. Do you remember that? It was it a was long time ago when it was warm in the mornings. We met out in the park. We talked about uh, do not judge. The same measure you judge will be used against you. Don't do it. Romans 3, we said the key verse there, a very famous passage. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Good job. And then Romans 4, it's like carries us, Paul carries us on this journey through salvation and how people are made righteous. And he says, as he's quoting from scripture, he says, what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Good. Romans chapter 5, a key verse there was God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Good job, you guys. I'm really, I thought this was going to kind of be like, just like, just, uh, and I would be like, but good job. Well done. And then, uh, let's see, that was chapter 5. Paul is taking us on this journey of how salvation works. He says in chapter 6 that the wages of sin is death. And then he goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then chapter 7, Justin Mendel, where is he at? 
Oh, he, he's way in the back with a baby. Justin was up here preaching one of the hardest riddles in the Bible where Paul says that we have this righteousness inside of us, but let me read it for you. It says, I do not understand what I do, for what I hate to do, I do. And, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I who live, uh, myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I just kind of brutalized that verse, uh, misreading it. But, but there it is, this riddle of, Okay, so we're righteous, but that yet we sin. And so what is this? Paul says, even he, this great saint, does what he does not want to do. And he agrees that the law is good. And he, then he declares that righteousness is by faith, not by what we do. Uh, chapter 8, Gabe Jenkins was here, our men's pastor. And he said, uh, he talked around this, this verse that uh, is very encouraging to us. It says this, that, that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Last week, if you were here, a good friend of mine, pastor of New Life Friday Night, Andrew Arndt was here and talked about us as the church. He said, we don't just gather so that we could high five each other and say good game and, and, and just be this holy huddle, but instead we are the church to bring others in. Today, Romans 10, take a deep breath. <sighs> We are here today to talk about Romans 10, which is a continuation of that, that we are the church being called not just to be this holy huddle, but to be saved, to declare with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, to, to, to believe in our heart that God raised him for the dead, and then to go out to be the church. So that is the review. And so here we are. The first point today is you will be saved. The first point, you will be saved. And you'll have to bear with me. This point is going to be quite long because we're going to talk about you will be saved. Let me read for us this verse because some of us might be saying, well, well, how? How are we saved and what is salvation? We'll get to those two questions. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Dan just read this, if you declare with your mouth, so listen to this equation. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, so how does that work? What is it? Well, declare with your mouth and believe in your heart. And then Paul continues and kind of explains it. For it is your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, so Paul quotes scripture again and again in this passage here. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For, and he's quoting scripture again, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So the first thing I see here in this passage, this greater passage, is that Paul is quoting scripture a bunch. He's, he's not saying, oh, here's a new way of salvation. No, he's looking at the Old Testament and saying, this is how it always was. Those who call upon the Lord, they will be saved. Those who put their faith in God, they are saved. People often say, uh, look at Christianity and say, oh, it's, you know, people are saved if they go to church. And, and that's not what this passage is saying. People might look on and say, oh, well, those Christians, they think they're saved because they're better than everybody. Well, no, that's not how it works. This is how it works. Declare with your mouth and believe in your heart. People might say, well, salvation works if, you know, you look at the Old Testament and there's, there's animals that chew the cud and then there's animals with hoofs and don't mess those. You could eat the ones that chew the cud but don't have the hoof or uh, the other way around, I forget. It's like, is that how salvation works? By following these rules and, and if you have a skin disease on your forehead and you're supposed to remove yourself from the camp and all these, I mean, have you read the Old Testament? It's interesting rules. Is, is, is that how salvation worked then? And Paul is referring 
back to these words in the Old Testament saying, actually, it's always been by faith that people are saved. In this passage says, if you declare with your mouth, believe in your heart, you will be saved. And so what is that? Saved from what? Someone might ask. Maybe you're asking, like, well, what are these Christians talking about? Talking about salvation. What is that? Saved from what? Well, let's, let's take this question just to like a literal physical sense. Maybe some of you have been in a place in your life in a, in a bad spot, maybe like lost in the woods uh, and literally needing saving. Or as a kid, I remember being locked in a bathroom. My little fingers couldn't work the thing. So I was like locked into a bathroom. I needed someone. So I needed to be saved. Uh, I remember a couple years ago, let me tell you a story. I was uh, with a buddy. We were fishing in Charleston. We went out. Uh, it was me and a buddy and his dad and his dad's friend. His dad's friend had a boat that was really nice. So we went out into the bay and right as we were getting out beyond the bay, uh, the engine was like, and that's a real sound effect if you wanted to know. Um, the engine died. As, so we're out in sea and, and so he, the, the owner of the boat starts tinkering around and say, I think, I, just, just tell, he's embarrassed that his boat is broken and he's like, oh, I can fix this. And, and so he tinkers around. He has no idea what he's doing. Uh, he pulls up in the lid. He's like hitting it with a hammer and just a little, he's like, you have no idea what you're doing. Um, and so the boat engine is broke and, and so he's like, well, let's just go fishing. Here's as good as place as any. So we, we cast and, and we kind of forget that the boat, uh, the engine is broken and we catch some fish. Uh, I caught a little baby shark. It was pretty cool. We threw him back, uh, but I never caught a shark before. This is my first time ocean fishing, so I'm still kind of like, this is interesting. This is cool. Like, we're pretty far out here. Is this normal to be out this far? And kind of our engine is broken, and he's fiddling with, with it and, and kind of just playing it off. Like, oh, I'm sure it'll get fixed. And we kind of look up and realize, like, we've been drifting further and further out, and the wind is taking us out. And it's like, we're now really far. So he's kind of like comes to his senses, drops the anchor, and uh, we're we're still kind of fiddling and it just kind of like kind of jokingly like I'm sure it'll get fixed I'm sure we'll be fine and at one point a boat comes near us and I'm like oh thank god we're saved like we are going to be out here forever and this boat came is like yes our saviors they're here they're going to help us we we were lost at sea but now we're found thank god and this boat comes up and is like hey how are you guys doing you catch anything yeah blah 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 and the owner of the boat kind of takes the conversation is like well our engine you know we're kind of having some problems but we'll get it fixed you know well you guys have a good day. See ya. And this boat leaves. I'm like, are we, am I not realizing what's happening? Like we're, we're stranded at sea. Like our saviors have come and now they've left and we're out here. And then after that, like, I think other people were like, kind of just like not, cause the guy was the owner of the boat was just ashamed, I think. And so, so we started talking. He's like, so what happens if the engine doesn't get started? It's like, well, we'll get it started. And like an hour passes and another hour passes. I remember uh, my friend asked like, do we have an emergency kit? Kit. And he's like, oh yeah, there's there's an emergency kit with a flare gun and a marine uh, radio and uh, all these emergency supplies. But I left that in the truck today, and we're like, oh really? That's interesting. And and then like another hour, and it's like late afternoon. We started well before sunrise, and so we've been out here for quite a while. 
and things start to get kind of like now we're talking about like how much water do we have how much food do we have and it's like well what what happens if we have to sleep out here and things like begin to progress and he's like oh guys i'm so sorry this engine is and then it's like this realization of like whoa, we're stuck out here at sea. We had another boat come and we just kind of shoot them away. And now things are very serious. We are in need of someone to save us. And to, to make the story short, to end it, another boat came by. And at that point, we were just like all of us up on the, the seats like, come, ah, we're going to die. Uh, and so the boat came over and was like, what's the problem? He's like, we, we're stuck out here. We can't get in. The wind's blowing us out. We have, we, he had like one little tiny paddle for this big boat. It's like, forget about it. So they brought, they towed us back into the bay where we had cell phone coverage and then we're able to call a boat tow truck guy, po boat tow boat to come get us. Uh, obviously I didn't really know what I was doing out there. Um, but, but we, we got out of there, but this, this moment of like, we need a savior, like someone needs to save us. And, and this interesting dynamic of, we had a boat come in, but we were too like, at least the boat owner was too prideful and kind of sent them on their way. And I wonder how that is in our life. I mean, here Paul is talking about salvation and we think about that. Like, are we in a state of needing to be saved? And I think as humans, we are. Here's some words I wrote down. Like, as humans, we're in need. We are, at times, we have this realization that we're spiraling downward. At times, we give up. At times, we feel stuck. At times, we are all slaves to who we do not want to be. And we are in need of the Lord's salvation. If you look at Genesis and open up your Bibles to Genesis 1, there's the creation and it's all good and God and humanity are close together in the cool of the day and God and humanity are just, it's just wonderful. It's perfect. And then what do humans do? Well, we do the exact thing God tells us not to do. We turn our back on God and we walk away from him. And what does God do? He comes running after us in his love. God hunts us down and says, where are you, Adam? Where are you? And he finds him uh, as if God didn't know, like where God is omniscient. He knows everything, but he's entering into our world and kind of just asking us like, why did you hide? And, and, and the, the human Adam says, I, I hid because I was ashamed and because I was naked. And there's this conversation where Adam just blames God. You made this woman and she ate the fruit, just pointing fingers. And, and I ate of the fruit too, but you made her and you put her here. And throughout history, throughout our own lives, we run away from God and God in his love is chasing us down. And if only we will stop and only we will see him and declare with our mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. We will be saved. Amen. 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 Not for me, but for the, this is the message. This is the great message in the Bible that if we believe the kingdom of God offers us salvation and we could be made right with God, the theological word, uh, so many theological words are Greek or Hebrew or, or Latin. This word atonement is an English word. It's just, how, how do we become at one with God? How do we be made right with God? Well, it's by declaring with our mouth and believing in our hearts and then we will be saved, not as a 
I think sometimes people looking into Christianity see like, oh, it, the salvation is kind of like fire insurance. Like you buy fire insurance for your house and if your house ever burns down, well then thank goodness you had fire insurance. And, and some people think, oh, those Christians, they, they, they all just believe in God. So if they die one day, which by the way, everyone will die, but if they die, then they have this fire insurance, they believed in God and then they get to go to heaven in the end. And that's, that's not really what is seen in the Bible. It's like, no, salvation is being offered now and for a life, a full life that is saved and holy before the Lord. We can be saved if we declare with our mouth and believe in our heart that God is raised from the dead, that Jesus is Lord. One more point within this point. It's called the Romans Road. I've talked about this before. Do you know what the Romans Road is? Anybody? Raise your hand. Have you heard? Okay. Well, it's, it's this tool. It's, I, I guess it's, it's not really an acronym, but it's these set of verses in Romans that I, I learned in high school. And often I'll think about this uh, if someone's like, so, so what's this church thing all about? What is, you know, in a nutshell, what is this belief system? I'll think, oh, there, there's some really good verses in order, and it's called the Romans Road. And sometimes they're, it's one person's Romans Road might be a little different, but they're all just about the same. They usually start off with Romans 3, 23, that says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So think about that for just a second. Pause and think, okay, all have sinned and fallen short. Like we've all sinned. And then Romans 6.23 says, well, the wages of sin, since we've all fallen short, the wages of sin is death. And so, okay, so if that's how it works in this world, we've all sinned and, and the wages of sin is death. Well, then now what? Well, Romans 5 says, well, God demonstrates his own love towards us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. <clears throat> Excuse me. So here's this, this, this message within Romans, like, okay, all have sinned and the, the wages of sin is death, but the, but Jesus, even while we were sinners, he died for us. And then almost always included in this Roman road is the verse we've been reading and rereading and talking about Romans 10, nine. But if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's like, oh, is, is that how this works? Is it really a, a, a kingdom of belief? And if you believe this, if you turn towards God, then you will be saved. And we here, we would say, yes, that is how it works. We believe and we declare. So this is the next point here of this sermon, two out of three points, uh, believe and declare. So how is someone saved? Well, they believe and they declare. I think about um, the what, like what do they need to declare? Well, they declare with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. And what does that mean? Well, they, we declare that Jesus is Lord. He's God. That Jesus was not just a good man, not just a prophet, but he himself was in fact fully God. And he was fully one of us and he died. And for our sins, <coughs> excuse me, and we also believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And if we believe those things, that he is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, then we'll be saved. And what's, what's the big deal about raising someone from the dead? Well, obviously that, I mean, if that really happened, if Jesus really rose from the dead, which is what we declare every Sunday here and in all of our meetings, then that is the biggest deal that has ever happened. God conquered death. A fully God, fully man, Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead. And just as he rose, he will also bring us with him. On Thursday, Erica had a, a women's group in our house and 
The question was like, okay, what's the big deal about resurrection? And now how will we live? Well, that's the biggest deal. Like if Jesus really truly was raised from the dead, then he conquered it. And just as he rose, he will bring us with him. And that's what we confess. Today, after just a couple more minutes uh, of this sermon, we are going to close with together standing and, and saying the Nicene Creed. We'll, we'll do that in just a few minutes, which is kind of our tradition to in unison say a prayer together or to recite something in unison together. And today we're going to declare the Nicene Creed, which starts off, we believe in one God. Doesn't that just say it all? Like that's what we believe to. That's what we hold to. We believe in one God and, and Jesus is fully God and he died for our sins. That's what we declare. So just a quick point here. So there's two parts. What is it? How, how does someone get saved? Well, they declare with their mouth and they believe with their heart. You follow me? Two things. Declare with your mouth, believe in your heart. So what if you just have one and not the other? Let me talk around this for just a second. I think I've known people, I think we've all known people who declare that they're Christians. I think there, there was a poll study, uh, American Pew Research Center put out this uh, <clears throat> a stat that 70, 70, 70, 0.6 percentage of Americans say they're Christians. Does that surprise me? It's like, where are they? Are you serious? Like 70, oh, just a little over 70% say they're Christians. 70% of the people are declaring that they're Christians. Wow, that's a lot of people. Where are they? Well, well, maybe, and if you're like me, you just know people. Maybe you've been there in your own life where, yeah, you, you declare, yeah, I guess I'm a Christian, but do you really believe it? And maybe in hindsight, you'd say, well, I guess I really didn't believe it at that point, but I was declaring it. I knew a friend, I'm going to tell you two high school stories from when I was in high school uh, ages ago. So one was uh, a friend of mine named Randy, and Randy was really cool, or at least he thought he was really cool. Uh, he wore sunglasses at school, and teachers was like, hey, take those off. You take them off for just a second, put them right back on. That's how cool Randy was. And uh, he listened, this is like late 90s, he listened to techno music. He was kind of cool in that he, he was one of the very first people that, that I knew that owned a laptop computer. So this is like 94, 95, which was really big deal. But it was like, those things were like three grand and they were slow as molasses in hindsight, but he had one. So maybe he was kind of cool, but me and this other Christian were uh, chemistry lab partners and we, Randy was the, the third wheel. And, and so we would often talk about spiritual things since we were both Christians. And one time Randy kind of stopped us and just said, shh, I, I don't really want people to know this, but I'm a Christian too. But shh. And we were like, wait, what? Like, why are you whispering? He's like, well, I don't want anybody to know I'm a Christian. I'm, I, I want to be like a secret. He said this and it's ridiculous even saying it now. He said, I want to be a secret techno Christian. And we were like, Oh, okay, what, whatever, man. Uh, that's kind of weird, but whatever. Uh, that, and, and he kind of just, just changed. Cha one day he was a secret techno-Christian, and then I think the next year he was a secret techno-Buddhist or something. But here he was, like, secretively declaring that he was a Christian, but, but was he believing it? He believed, I, I guess, the, uh, I don't know. I mean, he was kind of secretively believing it in his heart, but he was probably guilty of not wanting to declare it. So believing in his heart, maybe, but he wasn't able to, or didn't want to declare it. And I think to talk about what, what Sarah mentioned, baptism, that is one of the ways that we declare that we are believers. So we can believe in our heart. I think many of us are 
fit this category of, well, we, we believe, but, but maybe this, like, maybe even looking back in my own life, I was like, I, I believe for quite a while, but maybe I just didn't want to make a big deal about it. And then there was this moment, like in college for me, it was like, I, I would really like to get baptized and declare this. This is the most important thing in my life. And to be baptized and, and partake in this mystery and the sacrament, I wanted to do that. So continuing on, Believing in our heart, uh, declaring with our mouth. I think about uh, the, the other story I had for you was uh, in high school. Um, declare, I think of someone declaring with their mouth but really not believing in their heart. Uh, every year our youth group would go to Spain uh, for a vacation from Germany. So my dad who's here, we, we, he was stationed in the Air Force and we lived in Germany for in high school. And it was as cool as it sounds. Like our youth group would go to Spain for spring break. Like how cool is that? I realize now like, wow, I had it pretty good. Uh, so our youth group went to Spain every year and tons of kids would come even though they had no idea what the youth group was about. They had no idea about Jesus, but they were just like, Spain for the week? Are you kidding me? Of course I'll come. So lots of kids came, and lots of kids would declare that Jesus is Lord. I remember one kid, his name was Jared. He was dating this girl that kind of drug him on the trip, and he ended up declaring Jesus as Lord. And I remember there's this moment where he stands up and his girlfriend's like, yeah, he's a Christian now. And he goes forward for this little altar call thing. And then later we were all singing that song like to him. Uh, it's a youth group song. Maybe you know it. I am a C. I am a C-H. I am a C-H-R-S. And Jared's just like, yeah, me, like I'm a Christian. Yay. I declare that I believe. And then on the bus ride home, uh, Jared's girlfriend broke up with him. And guess who we never saw again? Jared. Like, and we talked to him later. It's like, hey, man, how's that Christian faith? And he'd be like, I, I don't believe anymore. I never really did. It's like, wait, you declared it. He's like, yeah, but I never really believed. And so both of these things are important. Declaring with our mouth, believing in our heart. Let me, let me say this, and this is the last point here. Because it's, it's Paul, it's the continuation of where Paul goes. Paul says, bring good news. He says this, how then can they? So Paul's just talking about people. It's like, okay, if we believe in, 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 and we declare, yes, that's awesome. That's how we are saved. But what about, what about these people? How can they call on the one they have not believed in? And, and he progresses. How can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, once again, quoting the Old Testament, uh, this is Isaiah, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I remember first learning about this passage in a big way. This passage is a missionaries, uh, kind of a key verse for, for missionaries and going. Uh, in 2012, a group of us from the college ministry went to India, and Americans usually want two things when they visit another country, fast food and Wi-Fi, and uh, <laughs> we noticed that the building we were staying at had Wi-Fi, and we're like, what's the code? Do you know the code? What's the code? We asked some people, and, and they said, well, let me tell you the code. The code is Romans 10, 12, and we were all writing it down, like, does it have the colon? Does it have the, the, does it have the, the capital? No capital, blah, 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 and so we wrote down the code, and then we we were like, 
Well, what is Romans 10, 12? And it's the verse I just read, or Romans 10, 14, excuse me, which is how then can they call on the one they have not believed? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? It was their verse that they used as this missionary organization to proclaim the good news. Like how blessed, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And we need to get out there and share the wonderful good news with people. And who will go? Well, we will be the ones who will go. I think there's something that happens. It's called the bystander effect when we all just think someone else will do it. Someone else will help. Uh, I remember in college, I was a freshman at University of New Mexico and there's like big courtyard and there was this kid like laying down in the courtyard and all these people were passing by and I kind of look like looking at this kid. This kid's just laying here. That's weird. And I kind of turned around and like walked back again. I was like, this, this kid just laying here. And, and I, a third time, I was like, there's just some kid. Why isn't anybody helping? There's people everywhere. What's going on with this kid? He's laying here. And I went up to him and I kind of shook him. I was like, hey, are you okay? Like, what's going on? He said, shh, don't tell anybody. This is a psychological experiment to test the blah, 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 blah. I'm fine, but you're the first person that's helped me all morning and it was like 11 o'clock and I was like geez like that's that's a real thing this bystander effect like in a crowd in a church where, where we're all you know there's a lot of us here it's like we could all just assume well someone else will have a conversation with that someone about the good news someone else will do it there's plenty of people somebody else will go but have you ever to kind of conclude here have you ever asked the Lord to send you it's a prayer that's pretty dangerous. I think the vision for this church, New Life Manitou, as we conclude this morning, is one of going, is, is one that, that, Lord, please help us to not be accused of this bystander effect that, that we think, oh, somebody else will do it. Some other church, some other people, somebody else in this church will go. But instead, to, to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly, that we might be the ones who are in Manitou, being sent, that I, I was just so proud of our men's ministry. They, they meet on Thursdays every other. And I went to this last meeting, and it was just a group of men talking about, well, how can we serve? And they talked about, well, how can we serve the community? How can we serve the church? And it was just so encouraging to hear people brainstorming about, well, let's be the ones who go. Let's be the ones who pray uh, on Tuesday nights for, for our, at our prayer meeting to, to intercede for the city. Let's be the ones uh, who on Wednesday serve at a pantry. Let's be this church who is sent and how beautiful are the feet of those who are sent. Would you bow your head with me this morning? And Lord, we, we say to you, thank you. We, we, Lord, we believe in your goodness. We believe that you are in your love chasing us down and that if only we will stop, look at you and declare with our mouth that, that Jesus, you are Lord. And, and if we believe in our heart that, that, Lord, you raised your son, Jesus, from the dead, then we will be saved. And Lord, we thank you that, that you even call the feet, the feet of those who bring good news, you, you call their feet beautiful because your news is so glorious. Your news of salvation is so wonderful. So we pray this in your name, your holiness, your goodness. You are the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're, we're going to conclude, like I said, by together repeating and, and agreeing with this creed, praying this creed. This is the Nicene Creed. It's, it's a statement of our faith. And so if you would please say this with me. We believe in one God, 
the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only begotten, begotten of the Father before all ages. Light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not made, of one essence with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and became man. He was crucified under under Pontius Pilate, suffered and was buried. On the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and he ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.